Hi. Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by First Baptist Church. Here at FBC, it's our mission to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ, and we hope that this message helps you continue to grow in your faith. This audio is property of First Baptist Church, but feel free to give away copies of this message in the hopes that others will be impacted by what they hear. For more information about FBC, or if you want to stay connected with us, visit our website at fbclloyd.ca or look us up on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks, and enjoy the latest from FBC. morning, everyone. Happy New Year to you all. I hope that uh, 2023 turns out to be just full of joy and peace in every respect for you folks as we go into this next year. Um, I know that 2022 has been a challenge for some of us. We've had a lot of funerals over the course of this year, a lot of different difficulties that we've had to navigate through. But as I look back on 2022, from the perspective of the church, I can't help but be encouraged. It's so good to be able to get out from under the restrictions, be able to get back meeting together once again. And it was awesome to see camp running up full tilt, kids out there just going hard and, and enjoying all of that. We've had a bunch of baptisms. It's always so encouraging to see people that have committed their lives to Christ and then they're testifying to that fact by being obedient in baptism. And that's just so encouraging as we see that happening over the course of the year. And then, like Bruce said, we've had nine light bulbs lit up this year in our 14-6 wall. And the last one being on Christmas Eve. And so that's just so encouraging to see Another nine people on top of all of the kids at camp committing their lives to Christ. So I just want to say um, on behalf of the staff and the board, to all of you and our volunteers especially, thanks so very much for making 2022 a successful year. We can't do this without you. Um, That's just so evident. That's just so clear. And so we just want to say just a huge thank you for coming alongside of us and making FBC better through all of your contributions and all of your efforts to make us a better testimony to the world around us as to who Jesus Christ is, what he's all about, and how he's relevant to everyone. Um, This morning I might sound a little bit different. And um, if I start to drool, don't worry. I've got a, a swollen lymph node in the side of my mouth here, and I can't quite open my mouth completely the way, you know, which is a good thing in 2023 starting off really well for you. Another, just an early blessing that you can thank the Lord about. Oh, thank you, Lord. Bainton couldn't talk like he normally does. Um, anyhow, that's what's going on. It wasn't that I lost the early flight to Fran. It's just this swollen gland thing, so I don't know. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and navigate that, and uh, I might try and use some water. Hopefully it won't all fall out the side, and away we'll go. All right, so this morning, um, we're going to do what we call, as we're planning, this is a standalone message this morning. And that means that it's not connected to the 
the series before it, nor is this going to be connected to the series that we're going to start next week, and you're going to be want, want to be out for that. That's going to be awesome. We're going to get into some doctrine, uh, what we believe, what, who we are through Jesus Christ, and, and uh, some of those things that we stand on in our faith. Uh, and so I'm looking forward to that. But um, this morning we're going to do a standalone, and these are always challenges to me because it's just wide open. Like, what kind of a topic do you pick? And on top of that, and it's New Year's, and so there's this sort of this added weight, if you will, of somehow trying to pick a topic that's going to contribute or lend itself to the, to the uh, significance of the occasion. And so there's a little bit of, of extra onus that goes with that. And, and now I've got to follow up with pig shepherds. Um, and I don't know how on earth I can captivate your attention better than that. So we'll see what we can do. But thankfully, we're going to look this morning at Micah 6.8. Micah 6.8. And I think that this verse that God gave to Micah to speak into the lives of the Israelites speaks into our lives today. And I think that it also lends itself to the occasion of New Year's. And I trust that it's going to help us as we launch into this year, that it will be of value to us as we set ourselves up uh, to pursue what lies ahead uh, in 2023. Before we dive in, though, would you just bow your heads and pray with me, and we'll ask God to come and, and speak to us. Father, this morning, Lord, as we launch into a new year, we are so grateful that we don't do so alone. This morning that we have you with us, alongside of us, that you care for us, that you love us, that you have a plan for us, that we have the confidence that comes from knowing your Son, Jesus Christ, and all that He has done for us. And that with those things in place that we can then lend ourselves, that we can lean into this new year ahead, and that despite the challenges that we might have faced in this past year, that we can look forward with optimism to what you have for us, what you have planned for us in the new year, knowing that it will be for our best, that you will use everything everything, literally, to bring about the best in us and through us. And so I pray, God, that this morning that we would uh, reciprocate, that we would lean back into You even more so that You would be able to grow us and that You would be able to develop us, that You would be able to move us forward. And again, just as we've been focusing on over this past ministry year, Lord, that you would make us doers and not just hearers of your word. So to that end, we thank you for this time. We ask that now that you would speak to us through Micah. And we pray this in Christ's name for his sake alone. Amen. All right, so if you turn with me in your Bibles to Micah chapter 6, we're going to read actually the first eight verses, one to eight, and then we're going to focus on verse eight and try and pull out some things that will be of benefit to us this morning. So Micah chapter six, verses one to eight, it says, listen to what the Lord says. Stand up, plead my case before the mountains. Let the hills hear what you have to say. Hear you mountains, the Lord's accusation. Listen, you everlasting foundations of the earth, for the Lord has a case against His people. He is lodging a charge against Israel. My people, what have I done to you? 
How have I burdened you? Answer me. I brought you up out of Egypt and redeemed you from the land of slavery. I sent Moses to lead you, also Aaron and Miriam. My people, remember what Balak, king of Moab, plotted, and what Balaam, son of Beor, answered. Remember your journey from Shittim to Gilgal, that you may know the righteous acts of the Lord. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before exalted, the exalted God? Shall I come before Him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousand rivers of oil, olive oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. So far, so good. No drool. All right. So this is a familiar passage. We've talked about it before here in church. And so I'm not going to go back through it in detail. I've done that before and others before me as well. So you're probably well acquainted. But just to refresh our memory, let's recall the setting here. What's happened is that the children of Israel have been drifting further and further away from God. To the point now where they are merely going through some motions in their relationship with Him. They've been pursuing their own agendas. And they've been taking advantage of people all in their own interests. Even the priesthood was corrupt. They were exploiting the people. They were taking advantage where they could for their own benefits. And so when it came to their relationship with God, they had reduced that relationship with Him down to the ceremonial. Just to the to the ritual, if you will. And as a result of that, then God speaks into their lives here. And as He makes this accusation, as He lays His charge against them, He outlines a few things that are all very interesting. But we've covered those before, so what I want to do is I want to just go back and look at this more specifically from the whole area of Micah 6, 8, just verse 8 itself. And you'll remember that God had instituted the covenant with the children of Israel that established for, for them the basis of their relationship going forward. That God had chosen them as His people. And He brought about the covenant so that they would have some context, some understanding as to how to pursue this relationship with Him how He would pursue it with them, how they were then to reciprocate and pursue it with Him. And the covenant was demonstrative of the fact that God wanted real relationship with the people. That He wasn't looking for some sort of an aloof sort of a, a scenario where He was distant as God way off in heaven somewhere. And that they were removed from Him as His people. Therefore, kind of unknown and distant and, and detached, but rather that 
he would be known as their God. Just as he knew them as his people. He wanted relationship. He wanted to have a definitive part in their lives. And he wanted to play a definitive part in their lives. So, on that basis then, we understand this along the lines of our relationships, what we want. We want to be a part of the lives of the people that we have relationship with. You and I want to have in our relationships with one another, the same things that God was pursuing here. Faithfulness, fidelity, meaning, interaction, connection. All of these things. And so the covenant set that up. Began to establish that this was His desire and it was also there to help them foster that and to pursue that. He wanted to be core and central to the lives of His people. But as part of the, the covenant, there were rituals, there were rites, there were ceremonial aspects that were established as well. And the people had compartmentalized their relationship with God down into those elements. They were merely going through the ceremonial, the pomp and circumstance, if you will, and they had really abandoned relationship in any other meaningful sort of a way in order to pursue their own agendas and their own initiatives and their own interests. So they were pursuing their lives independently of God and just giving Him token allegiance. So, at that point, God speaks into their lives through Micah to reestablish what it is that He is looking for from them. And He articulates what He wants from His people. Now, we need to understand this morning that when we come to Micah verse 8, it isn't a categorical summation. It's not just sort of having everything reduced down to these three things. These three, three, three things you shall do and that's the end of it. Rather, it's a distillation of the aspects of relationship that he wants. And so these three mandates that he gives the people in this verse are representative them then of an area of relationship that he wants with his people. Okay, so it's not just a formula. It's not just three specific things that we can, well, if I just do these three things, bang, 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 I'm done. It gives us insight into the categories of relationship that God wants with us and how we're to explore those, how we're to develop those areas, if that makes sense. Now, just because it isn't a formula, just because we can't look at it and say, well, if I do this and I do that and I do the third thing, then I'm done, doesn't mean that it's not of value to us. Even though it's not sort of exhaustive, if you will, um, it's still very, very informative, very, very uh, beneficial to, for us to understand because 
it helps us to keep in mind the areas of the aspects of relationship. And so we do well to remember these three aspects so that we can then make sure that we're pursuing those aspects of our relationship with God. So let's take a little bit closer look here. Micah 6.8 says, He has shown you, O mortal. This is Micah again speaking to the people. He says, hey guys, hey people, he has shown you what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. So let's look at this first aspect, to walk, or sorry, to act, act justly. Now, the first two aspects that Micah identifies for us, that he outlines for us, the first two mandates speak to our relationship within the community, the body of believers. This is really important. The third one then speaks more directly to our relationship with God Himself. Okay, so the first two talk about how we are to live within the context of fellow believers, Christians, if you will. So this speaks, this to act justly speaks to the participation of the individual within the context of the children of Israel, the larger covenant community. So that means, again, for us today, we're not within that covenant community, but we are, as we place our faith in Jesus Christ, part of the bigger body of believers. So this is then how we're to interact, how we're to respond, relate to one another on that level, within that context. So it's speaking to us on the horizontal level, if you will. God expects that His people will respect and act properly towards one another. And that's summed up for us in this idea of acting justly. So if we take this area of justice and acting justly and we begin to unpack it, now we begin to understand what God is expecting for us as His people. It speaks to the things, first of all, that we don't do. As His people, we do not lie, we do not cheat, we do not steal, we do not take advantage of one another. Within the body, for sure, even outside of the body. And that was what was going on at the time. Everybody had abandoned their relationship with God. They were pursuing their own agendas. And when we abandon God and we begin to pursue our own agendas, we lose the bearing by which we are to live and it becomes all about us. We need God in our lives in order to oversee, if you will, then our interactions with the world around us. Even when we're doing the right things with the world around us, if we're not doing them for the right reasons, we're often then not doing things well. It might look good on the outside, but on the inside, we're, we're moving in the wrong direction. So, 
To act justly then means that there are things that we don't do. We stay away from. We stay out of that territory. But at the same time, it also speaks to the things that we do do. Which is to say, in short, that we put others above ourselves. That we begin to interact with people such that their interests trump ours. We try and go out of our way to value add to their lives as opposed to taking advantage of them to augment and aid and abet our agendas, ourselves. So that's the first area, if you will, that we're to act justly with the people around us. Secondly, Micah says that we're to love mercy. Now the point here that Micah is addressing is grounded in our relationship with God Man's relationship with God and God's relationship with man. So that's a backdrop to this point that Micah's making, okay? But it is speaking to our perspective and our engagement within the community of God's people as a whole. All right? So the relationship that we have with God and that God has even more specifically with us, that serves as the backdrop here. But in the context of what we're driving at, it's referring then to how we interact with one another. The word translated here for us as mercy is the Hebrew word hesed. And hesed is first defined as loyalty. I'm kind of surprised in one sense that we've translated it as mercy because if you look at the translation of hesed, it's It's loyalty, always first. So anyhow, for whatever reason, we've got mercy. But we need to understand this as it's speaking into our lives of the moral obligation of love between parties. Okay, so what we are morally bound to when we love someone. How that then impacts and affects how we live, how we play that out. Which is to say that when we love someone, then we're committed to them, right? We can't be out and about operating and living without commitment to the ones that we love. We're faithful to them. We invest in that relationship. We show up when necessary. We're there for them when that's needed. We're gracious to one another. We extend grace to those we love. We care for them. We give them the benefit of the doubt. When they screw up, we forgive them. We try and help them. We don't don't try and hurt them. And so, This indicates then a mutual reciprocal responsibility or requirement. This whole area of hesed, this whole idea of mercy, indicates then a mutual reciprocal responsibility or requirement between the parties. That's between you and I today. 
you and you. So this is very much in keeping then with the covenant where God and the, and the people have committed to one another. God said, I've chosen you as my people. And people chose him as their God and said, we're good with this. We're on, we're on board. So it's based on that, but now it plays out for the benefit of all the parties involved. So it's no longer just me and God, you and God, but it is all of us together with God. So, from the vertical then, relationship, horizontal implications. We need to be aware of that. Leslie Allen puts it this way. This whole area of mercy or hesed speaks to the high ideal of a national solidarity enriched and empowered by the solidarity of divine commitment to Israel. The same loyalty and faithfulness of God to His people is to be demonstrated by His people to one another. So, even better put, God's love, loyalty, and faithfulness to us should inspire us to the same in our relationships with one another. And so as we look then at these first two mandates that Micah gives us, what we need to understand is this this morning. That commitment to the community, commitment to fellow believers, is to be understood as commitment to God. We need to understand that in the same way as our commitment to God Himself. And without commitment to one another on these levels of justice and mercy, loyalty, has said, we are not living in a way that God, that God wants, that pleases Him. So we can't ignore the horizontal as we try and pretend to pursue the vertical. That starts to give us some real perspective, I think, as we come to the other places in Scripture where it talks about the one and others. How we're to interact with one another. And there's a whole bunch of those throughout Scripture. But now we're starting to understand why that that's so significant. Why there's so many one and others in Scripture. Because God takes it so seriously that we have to be on board with one another on these same levels as we pursue our relationship with Him. It's part and parcel. Now, lastly, this morning, Micah says that we are to walk humbly with God. This last directive speaks now specifically to our personal relationship with God and how we pursue our relationship with Him. And here, the ideal is that we are to walk humbly 
in recognition of our position before God. And again, we've talked about this before. First of all, we have to recognize the fact that He is God and that we're not. And that forms then the foundation and the basis for the way that we pursue our relationship with Him. Which is to say that we don't come in with dictates for God. We don't try and put God in the corner and say, this is how you have to respond to me. We come humbly before Him and say, God, speak into my life because of who you are and on account of who I am. Help me to understand you. Help me to grow to be more like you. Bring me in line with your will. Just as we sang in that last song. Not my will, but yours be done. And that forms this context then that we can begin to pursue that relationship with Him and that we can grow in that relationship with Him. It also speaks to the fact that we're to be careful. That we're to walk circumspectly. Humbly means circumspectly where we actually sit back and we think about our relationship with Him. We try and understand that. That we're leaning into that in such a way that we're trying to grow in that. That we are trying to get to know Him. That we're not forming our own opinions about Him and trying to put Him in our mold, but rather that we're trying to get to know who He is and bringing ourselves in line with what we find in that. Just in the same way, guys, that you've pursued your girlfriend or your spouse or eventually your spouse, and you've tried to understand them. Like, I mean, I've had to pray a lot about that. I don't get it. But right, you're leaning into that. And you're trying to understand who those girls are. Like, what? wow, what makes her tick? Why does she not get this the way that I get this? Or what have you, right? And, and girls, I'm sure it's been the same for you. I know it's been for Fran. We're, we're leaning into this relationship and we're trying to understand them because we're so enamored with them that I want to know them. I want to I, I understand what makes them tick. I want to be able to come alongside them and to be able to have a relationship with them that just sort of spins like a top. So we have to walk carefully. We have to pursue that intentionally, diligently. And then, whereas He has taken us as His people, we are now then to take Him as our God. Which is to say that we graft Him into the very core of our lives. That there's not Doug and my agenda here and God and my relationship over there, but my relationship with Him and my agenda is the same. That it all comes back together. That every part of my life feeds into my relationship with Him. And He feeds into every aspect of my life. He speaks into everything. Everything else. Including the rest of our relationships. That we would go through life 
seeking Him and His direction and His guidance for us in every aspect. So this year, as we think about a game plan for the year ahead, as we try and establish a strategy, as we so often do at the beginning of the year, and as we look out into the world around us and our lives in specific, and we try and figure out how am I going to proceed? What do I need to do this year? More than maybe just losing a few pounds. More than pursuing something bigger career-wise. More than trying to figure out where I should live. I think that we would be really wise to take this and adopt this as a metric to weigh 2023 against. How, how am I doing in 2023 in these three categories? Am I growing in acting justly with God's people? Am I getting better at loving mercy. Interacting more and more well. Am I saying that right? Interacting better. More loyal to the people around me. And am I walking more and more humbly with my God. Where I'm leaning into that relationship with Him. Making Him more and more core to my life. And as we do, this is not a guarantee this morning that 2023 is going to go swimmingly. I don't want you to walk away thinking, well, there's the ticket. We don't know what lies ahead in 2023. But I can tell you this. That whatever lies ahead in 2023, be it good or be it bad, it can't help but be better with God as opposed to without Him. And so this begins to set us up as best as possible to leverage 2023 for the very, very best for you and I and us together corporately as we grow in our relationship with Him and as we reflect Him and introduce Him to the world around us. Let's pray. Father, this morning, now as we go out from here into the rest of this year, I pray, God, that you would help us in these three respects. That you would help us to grow in each of these aspects. That we would pursue what it means to act justly. That we would 
explore and grow in what it means to love mercy. And that day by day that you would help us to, to walk more humbly with you. And Father, as we commit ourselves to that end, we look forward to how you will use us, what you will do in us and through us to bring us into alignment with you and then leverage us for the mission that you've given us, the mission that you've set out on yourself and that you continue to work out day by day around us. And so to that end, we ask these things now, all in Christ's name and again for his sake alone. Amen. Thanks for being here to help us launch the new year. We look forward to seeing you next week when we will launch a new series. And I'm looking forward to that. I hope that you are too. And we'll see you then.